For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. from both sides were joined by 9-11 first responders, survivors, and their families. We've all been here many times before, and uh, over the last 18 years... In the years since 9-11, 2001, thousands of 9-11 responders and survivors have become ill, and many have lost their lives from exposure to toxins at Ground Zero. The New York State AFL-CIO promised after 9-11 we would never forget the sacrifices our brothers and sisters made then and continue to make today. After years of urging Congress to act, in 2010 and again in 2015, legislation was passed to provide medical monitoring and treatment for thousands made sick by the toxins not only at Ground Zero, but at the Pentagon and the Shanksville, Pennsylvania crash site. Now, after waiting years for compensation that they need and deserve, thousands are facing dramatically reduced awards, and unless Congress acts, the Victim Compensation Fund will actually be closing next year, just as thousands more responders and survivors are expected to be diagnosed with 9-11 cancers. Earlier this month, the VCF announced there was a funding shortfall and that cuts of 50 to 70 percent would affect injured and ill 9-11 responders and survivors. Our suffering is not going to end on a deadline. It's not going to slowly diminish by 50 On February 25th, 2019, New York State AFL-CIO President Mario Salento once again went to our nation's capital where he joined a group of those suffering from illnesses linked to the 9-11 terrorist attacks and a bipartisan group of lawmakers who introduced legislation that will make permanent the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. Ryan Delgado, the political director of the New York State AFL-CIO, was also on Capitol Hill. He's joining me now. Ryan, welcome to the program. Thanks, Darcy. So you just spent a couple of days on Capitol Hill with 9-11 responders and survivors and their families, and I know you've been there in the past. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like? It's frustrating and disheartening, but at the same time, it's also uplifting in many ways to see the passion with which these people uh, give of their time and their heart to try to do something right for people who are suffering. So Joe Zadroga was among those on Capitol Hill lobbying. His son, an NYPD detective, died in 2006. It was the first death link to 9-11 after the attacks. It's in his name that this effort began. Is that correct? Well, James's death was, as you say, the first one that was medically linked uh, to 9-11 exposures. Um, it certainly served to galvanize attention to what many had feared uh, was happening for a long period of time. I mean, I think folks who were just down there knew that what was being breathed in by responders and survivors uh, could not be good for their health and that this was going to have long-term effects. Unfortunately, uh, it took a long time for other people to realize that. James Adroga's death certainly focused people's attention on the issue and its importance. So when did this start? So let's go back just a little bit. This was um, this happened, obviously, we know, on September 11th, 2001, but it was a few years later before we started to see these illnesses and th this effort began to try to create this fund, right? Correct. I mean, and the, really the first time legislatively, there had been some issue, uh, state bills that were earlier 
Um, but in 2010 was when finally Congress uh, acted and created uh, two programs, the World Trade Center Health Program, which provides medical monitoring, screening, and also care to those who are sick as a result of their exposures on 9-11. Uh, but it also created the Victims Compensation Fund, uh, which provides uh, resources to those uh, who are ill uh, and in the case of deceased to their family. Um, that was only a five-year program, though. The bill has a part of a compromise, had a, uh, a sunset put on it, uh, and we had to come back uh, in 2015, and we were able to successfully uh, make functionally permanent the World Trade Center Health Program. They basically expand, extended it out 75 years, but we could only get five years on the Victims' Compensation Fund, uh, and they also appropriated a finite um, amount of money to uh, fund the program. So there was a press conference earlier uh, in at the end of February, there was a press conference. And the whole point of that press conference was in reaction to these new cuts. Talk to us about that a little bit. Well, we knew we were going to have to come back in 2020 to uh, extend the program further. Uh, as we said, it was only a five-year uh, extension. But uh, to make matters worse, the special master of the Victim Compensation Fund uh, announced that they weren't going to have enough resources in the current authorization to pay for uh, claims that were coming down the pipe. Uh, in fact, as a result, uh, claims that had already been uh, submitted are going to be cut by 50%, and the cut could be up to 70% for uh, new claims coming forward. So as a result, I mean, this was really a punch in the gut for survivors and responders to not know if they and their families are going to be able to be taken care of as a result of uh, their illnesses uh, related to 9-11. And part of that is because no one anticipated that this many people would need this care, that this this many people would become ill, right? That's exactly right. And, you know, you would think that the health crisis would be dissipating, but in fact, it grows every day. Um, you really can't pick up a paper in New York every week and not read of someone who's uh, dying as a result of their exposures to 9-11. It's tragic, and it, it continues to be something that we need to deal with. And the other piece of why this is growing is that the Victims' Compensation Fund is actually doing a great job in processing claims uh, and you know, doing the reviews in a thoughtful, timely manner, um, making sure that they're uh, doing their research and uh, background that they need to on the claims, but also processing them really expediently so that uh, those that are impacted can get the resources on a timely basis. And for the skeptics, there is a whole process, right? I mean, it's, you know, there has to be monitoring. Is that correct? There's a there's a pretty um, specific steps that they have to take before that they are just granted to be getting into the program, right? That's right. I mean, just filing, just filing a claim doesn't mean that you're going to receive benefits. Um, they have to establish that where you, you were uh, at ground zero. Um, they do a review, you know, they... Look, if you're in the case of uh, firefighters, they have to go back and see if there were log books that you signed on to when you're there. For others, they need to get affidavits from people stating that you were there. So, And there's a whole medical process to make sure that it's it's not just any illness. It's, that it's an illness that the science has shown is a result of 9-11. It's a certified illness. Okay. So um, what will this bill do? When it was announced at this press conference, this is a bipartisan effort, what would the bill do specifically? So the bill does a few things. Um, first and foremost, it it extends it out to match the World Trade Center Health Program designation uh, duration. So it would go for another 72 years. Um, so that essentially makes the bill permanent. Um, 
it also will provide funding as needed. So never again do we have to worry about the shortfalls and budgeting that we're, we're facing right now. Um, and then finally, makes whole anyone who has, whose awards have been cut as a result of the existing shortfall. Okay. So 9-11 responders and their families were joined uh, you know, by lawmakers at the press conference, but they were also joined by John Stewart, the former host of The Daily Show. Today. There's no reason to have dragged these people down here. There's no reason to have to have these conversations. It's bull****. You know it. Can you tell us uh, how and why did John Stewart get involved in this effort? Well, you know, John Stewart, one of the first shows back after 9-11, really shined a light on the efforts of uh, the firefighters, the police officers, the construction workers, folks who really at great personal peril, you know, they rushed to the scene to try to help others. Uh, and really, from that point on, he has been a, a tremendous advocate for uh, responders, survivors. This bill, this program already exists. It's like you have a Starbucks card. We're just asking to get a little more money on it. So how about we make a deal? This is your opportunity to write a final um, chapter. He attacks it with a sincerity and a selflessness and, and no ego. And it really is uh, one of the, an inspiring thing. And it means so much to that community. So John Stewart put the blame for not having this bill passed immediately at the feet of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. He did. And, uh, you know, certainly McConnell has um, shown in the past that he's willing to hold this bill hostage uh, in order to negotiate entirely unrelated issues. But I don't want to let anyone off the hook here. I mean, you know, just this week we saw in the Daily News a story about Mark Meadows, a Republican from North Carolina, who whose response was, well, what is New York doing about this problem? And that really misses the boat. You know, this is not a New York issue. When the terrorists attacked that, they didn't, they didn't attack New York. They attacked America. And, you know, I don't care whether you're a Democrat or Republican, if you're from Alaska or Wyoming, this is a national issue, and it's up to everyone to solve. You know, if you look at the World Trade Center health program right now, uh, there is someone in it from every state and 434 out of 435 congressional districts. This is a national issue, and it's Congress's job to fix it. Um, can you talk a little bit about the role, our role, the role of the New York State AFL-CIO? We've been very involved from the beginning. Um, why are we involved? Our next speaker is Mario Salento, our president, New York State AFL-CIO, who is championing this cause on behalf of our union members. Uh, thank you. Well, thank we're involved, first of all, because I think like all uh, Americans, we feel like we have a duty here. And it was really many of the folks that responded that they were our members, um, certainly firefighters, uh, building and construction trades workers. Uh, we have a duty to fight for them. You know, labor is the voice for those who don't have a voice. Uh, and collectively, we came together and we decided that we had to commit ourselves to this and that started, you know, years ago, and it continues to this day. And I know our president, Mario Salento, is committed to doing whatever he has to do um, now and into the future to ensure that uh, responders and survivors now, are taken care of. We all know the old saying, you know, if um, for those who don't know their history, you're doomed to repeat it. Well, we know the history. We've gone over it here time and time again. Uh, nine years to get this a drug act passed, come back again five years later, be back here again today, and each and every time bringing our heroes and our first responders here with us. And I just have to say respectfully, enough is enough. It's just, it's cruel. It's cruel to our heroes and our first responders. It's cruel to their families. Their health situation is not 
temporary, unfortunately. Our responsibility to our heroes and our first responders is not temporary. Therefore, the VCF cannot be temporary. It has to be made permanent. And I think... So let's give some credit to the bill sponsors. Uh, Who is responsible for this? Well, we should give credit because we have a, a group of sponsors that have really taken this issue on. It's personal for them. They feel a duty to make sure that we uh, never forget 9-11 and the survivors and responders. On the Senate side, Kirsten Gillibrand has been a, a leading advocate. The death toll is still growing. 9-11 responders are still suffering. It, along with uh, Minority Leader Schumer. This is a bill about what America is all about. What New York is all about, what our brave first responders and average citizens are all about, that when people are hurt because we're attacked, we come together. And I I do want to call attention to Cory Gardner, who uh, a Republican from Colorado, who who, he gets it. He understands that this issue was about a nation and spoke to that at that press conference. And then certainly on the House side. Um, Carolyn Maloney. We've all been here many times before and uh, over the last 18 years, and we do not want to do this again. Jerry Nadler. We didn't list cancer as one of the diseases because we couldn't prove it yet. We set up a committee that could add diseases, and they, of course, added cancer. Now we have so many cancer cases. And Pete King. It's an obligation that we owe to all of those, either those who were first responders, those who lived in the area, those who were students, those who just happened to be local merchants who got caught up in this. Have attacked it with passion, uh, with a commitment, and they've worked in a bipartisan fashion to make sure that we get this done. So when you were there, and not only this time, but in times past, you walked the halls, you went to the offices of members of Congress with these folks. Um, what were those conversations like? I mean, I would imagine you're targeting people who are um, persuadable or or maybe outright opposed. What's the typical conversation like? Well, you know, we we don't also don't leave any stone unturned. And like I said, this is a national issue. So really, our, from our point of view, every congressperson should be putting their names on this bill. And, and showing their support. And, you know, it, some of the conversations I think initially were, well, you know, how do we know that this is related to 9-11? I think the science has really borne that out now. There's not a question of that. Some of the issues early on were concerns about fraud. Uh, one thing we know, and, and the the past history has shown us, shown us that that has not been a problem. Um, the VCF has done a great job administering it. Uh, it's only gotten better as a program has ru- uh, run. It works. Um, it's, um, you know, it's frustrating to have to have that conversation, but that's some of the, the issues that we deal with. And I think, though, uh, once we have that conversation, uh, our members uh, understand it. So um, we've seen people, some of the survivors, the responders show up at these press conferences um, in wheelchairs. Uh, you know, people obviously are really suffering. People are undergoing uh, chemotherapy. What are the illnesses, some of the illnesses that they're dealing with? Well, there are 90,000 people in the World Trade Center Health Program right now. And, and of that 90,000, 45,000, half have at least one 9-11 condition. Certainly, you know, the the one that gets the most focus is cancer. You know, 10,000 uh, individuals have been diagnosed with a 9-11 related cancer. Uh, 2,000 of those are just firefighters and EMS alone. Um, but it's not it's not just cancer. There's chronic diseases like asthma, obstructive pulmonary disease, gastroesophageal reflux disease, 
there's uh, too many to list, but it, it's um, it's a real problem. Okay. And then um, finally, did you get any kind of commitments from members of Congress? I mean, did you leave there hopeful? What, what is it looking like? Well, on the, the bills, the, the House version has 114 co-sponsors, original co-sponsors in the Senate version. Last time I looked had 22. Um, so we do have people signing on every day. But we're not going to take uh, commitments aren't enough. You know, we're not going to rest until this is done. And that means we need folks to contact their representatives and ask them if they're on the bill. And if they're not, make sure they get on the bill. And it's really critical that our members are contacting not just representatives in the New York metropolitan area. They got to talk to their friends and their family and folks who live in other states and make sure that they're getting the word out as well to underscore that this is really national and it's not New York focused. Okay, Ryan, thank you for your time and giving us all that background of the Victim Compensation Fund. Is there somewhere where people can go if they want to learn some more information? Yeah, I would encourage them to visit renew911health.org. Um, that's a, a website for the citizens of the extension of the James, James Adroga Act, which was a group that was set up by unions and advocates uh, to advocate for the extension of the Zadroga Bill. Okay, and we'll include that um, website information in the notes portion of this episode. And again, Ryan, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Darcy. Our digital director, Kevin Eitzman, is joining me now to talk about ways that you can get involved to help get this legislation passed. Kevin, where else can folks take action? The best way to take action is to go to 911health.org. There you can take action by contacting your representatives. Uh, tell them to renew the Victims' Compensation Fund. The other thing you can do is make sure you contact everyone you know in other states, Nebraska, Wyoming, Alaska, uh, you know, Ryan mentioned this isn't just a New York state issue. This is a, an American issue. So we really need everybody to take action on this and ensure that Never Forget is more than just a bumper sticker that we're all participating. Okay, great. Thanks, Kevin. And we also want to remind you that by subscribing to this program, you will um, learn about other ways that you can get involved in the labor movement and support actions that will benefit uh, working men and women. To incentivize you even more, we're going to give away some union-made baseball caps with a Union Strong logo on them to the first 200 subscribers. So, Kevin, can you tell people how they can get one of these caps? First, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast on. Then head over to unionstrongny.com. We'll have a simple fill-out form. Give us your address, and we'll send that baseball cap right out to you. Okay, great. Thank you. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells. Until next time, stay union, stay strong.